Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language. It is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. at work it was me and an officer and an offender in the exam room and I don't know how the conversation came up but a question was posed you're running from a bear you have a seven-year-old child and an infant trip the child wow right off the bat huh no no sorry (laughs) what do you do 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 you give up the seven-year-old do you give up the infant or do you sacrifice yourself? Why can't I just give the infant to the seven-year-old and say, run, and I turn around Leonardo DiCaprio style and take him down? Well, die. This is going to be very controversial coming right out of the bat with this, but can you trust that a seven-year-old is going to be able to hold on to an infant and run to safety from a bear? If I'm stopping the bear. Because each one of us seemed to have a different answer. One said trip the seven-year-old okay you know he's bigger meat it'll keep him busy we can run uh-huh one said throw the fucking baby but then i pondered that's not really a big meal and can you really trust that the bear is going to track you throwing something through the air that's where i'm fucked up in my head uh-huh. is the bear going to follow the infant through the air <laughs> to eat it and then you know of course sacrifice yourself but can you trust that a seven-year-old can really carry an infant to safety getting away from a bear? Well, I shouldn't be trusted walking in the woods where there's apparently a fucking bear with That's, children. That was so, my question. I mean, it's like, what are you doing in a woods with a seven-year-old and an infant where there's bears? Yeah. That's the bigger question. That's the question of the world. Yeah. Right now. So what we, would your final answer be? Sacrifice myself because at least I would go down a hero and the kid has a fighting chance. Hmm. And I would do everything I can to die as slow as I can. To keep that bear 100% busy. Yeah. Because even if you sacrifice the infant, that seven-year-old is going to remember that shit. And you will too. And you're going to you be have traumatized to, for the rest you of your have, fucking life. You will have to live with the fact that you tried to do a fucking Harlem Globetrotters behind the back <laughs> throw in the air. Kobe. Ho- hoping you make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> and the bear will just duck it. It's just cozy after me. They're like, fuck. Says my thought is even if you throw an infant at a bear, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, hey, a chiclet. Oh. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, like why, why do you want a chicken nugget when there's a rotisserie chicken right there? Exactly. <laughs> like, why? No, it's going to have to be you or the seven year old. And do you really want to do that to your seven year old? Infant's not going to remember it, but... True, but you will. You'll have to live with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I would turn around. I would I would hand off the baby, and I would say, you run your little fucking ass off. I love you. And he's like, <laughs> we just met in the woods. And I'm like, I love you. And then <laughs> he tell the kid to run. And then I would turn around, look at the bear, and I'd be like, not today. And then it rakes me across the neck, and I fucking die. All right, good answer. I would do that thing where I would like, 
tickle it. You tickle know? it. I'll try to ride him like a horse. All that stuff. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I would turn around. And I don't rip, think you have a chance to tickle it. I would turn around and rip off all my clothes and be like, here's the honey poo. Whoa. That's what I would do. Whoa. Yeah. Another question posed. Where's the Hundred Acre Woods? Don't know, but there's a fucking bear in it. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> all right, guys. Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name is Erica. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Hi. What was the question you followed up? You and your best friend. I don't have friends. You each have two children. Okay. You're on a raft in the middle of the ocean. Okay. Only three people can come out alive. Says who? Doesn't matter. Go ahead. Just circumstances. That's just just the scenario. Okay. So what do you do? So there's one, two, three, four. There's six of us and only three can make it. Uh Well, my family's going to make it. My friend's going to die. The kids are going to watch and they're going to die too. Okay. All right. That was the other question. Sorry, friend. (laughs) Yeah. I said the friend's going to have to go. Yeah. It's my family. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a nice guy, but I'm not that fucking nice. Yeah. I hold a door before you, but I'm not going to let you eat my kid. Mm Mm-hmm. So. All right. All right. So, and before we start off, just because he's been harassing me about it at work, Hensley, love you, buddy. You keep saying you're listening and you haven't heard your shout out. And I know we've shouted you out because I mentioned it at the end of an episode, but I don't remember which one. Here's your shout out, Hensley. Hi, Hensley. Hi, Hensley. We're going to have to have him on sometime. He's okay. a riot. Okay. I got so, a new beer. You got a new beer. I got a new beer. It's uh, from 450 North Brewing Company here in Indiana. That looks more appealing than the last one that you had on our Patreon episode. Orange Cream Sickle Slushy XL. Slushy style Berliner Weiss with blood orange, tangerine, and vanilla. Hmm. I do like a good creamsicle. And um, I don't order from these guys anymore. Why? There's no fucking point. They hardly come out with anything anymore to give out. Like, they they sell this from their... They package it and just sell it out of their fucking brewery. Apparently, then, they make more money doing that. So, I, I whenever I'm... So, they don't distribute usually? No, not really. And, like, for a while, it was like I would call... My salesperson, I'd be like, do you have anything new from 450 North? Because they're big. They're a big one. They're good. They're, I mean, there's a good Indiana brewery. Um, probably not. I don't know if it's up there with Three Floyds or maybe um, 18th Street. Probably up there with 18th Street, sure. Um, but they're always like, no. I'm like, okay, well, what can I get? And they're like, oh, this, this, and this. But nothing new. Then it turned into, we don't have anything. And then I got to the point where I'm like. Then it turned into, fuck you. And I was like, well, fuck it. You know, I'm not going to bother anymore. But my buddy who works with me every once in a while will give me, he'll go to the brewery and he'll pick me up a beer. He won't do that just to do. He actually to, goes to the brewery. Yeah. Where's it at? It's in, I believe um, it is in bear with me. Hold on. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to read Columbus. I think it's a little South of Indy. I want to say. I have to shut the fuck up so you can read. Yeah. So. Uh, you can't even chew gum and walk at the same time. I can't even chew gum and spell the word walk. So I'm going to give it a try. Give it a try. Huh? Oh, wait, I got to. It has sediment. This came from the same guy that gave me the Blackberry Slushy XL. That we have before? Yeah, Chance. He gave it to me. Now, the Blackberry one is violent. You have to keep it cold or it'll explode. This one, I'm not too sure, so I want to keep it cold so it doesn't explode on me. So rubbing it between your hands is not keeping it cold. No, the blood orange sediment is on the bottom. You have to kind of roll it to get the get it kind of moving. Now it's going to explode He's on me. He's molesting the can. Rolling it around. It's not a salt if you yell surprise first. <laughs> surprise! 
Mmm. Good? It's, it's pretty tasty. You want to try? Sure. I get a taste of vanilla afterward. Very citrusy, but the finish on it, there's vanilla or the yeah, lactose. Yeah, I can smell them both. The end, you can really taste it. That's nice. The end, the finish tastes like a creamsicle. Yeah. This isn't bad. Yeah, not too bad. That's pretty good. That's coming for me, and I don't like beer. I'm not driving to fucking Columbus. No. I'm fucking sure. I'll just enjoy this and be happy with my life. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, guys, so this week we are back on the murder train and are going to tell you about one of America's most prolific serial killers, but one you may have never even heard of. His confirmed kill count is higher than John Wayne Gacy's at a whopping 37 compared to Gacy's 33. But his estimated kill total is thought by some to be as high as 87. That reminds me of something. We just finished up a Patreon episode. It really tastes like orange slushy. Mm-hmm. And, um, like a push pop. Yeah. And I gave Erica a quiz to listen to it. Um, please donate to Patreon and you'll hear it. Even a dollar a month. You'll hear you all of all them. All the extra bonus audio that we have. And there was one question I was going to ask you. But I'll ask you now. You didn't put it on the quiz? No. Okay. Why did it take the authorities a little over two years to identify John Wayne Gacy's victims? Because of the amount of deterioration of their bodies. It's because they were together down there so long, some of their bodies fused together. And it took that long to separate them and identify whose bone was whose. Hmm. Interesting. That's fucking gross. That is. And I found out that Jeffrey Dahmer ran out of places to put dead bodies, so he put one in the tub and actually admitted to everyday showering, showering, straddling a rotting fucking corpse. Yeah. He had them all over the place. Fucking. Bits of pieces. Fucking ick. Here and there. Ick. Well, this guy, his murders weren't nearly as gruesome as these heavy hitters that we talk about. So that's probably why he isn't as well known. It doesn't make it better. Yeah, exactly. But we're going to be talking about a man named Donald Harvey, a.k.a. the Angel of Death. Now, Harvey was born on April 15th, 1952 in Butler County, Ohio, the first of three children. The family relocated to Boonville, Kentucky shortly thereafter. I believe that is probably the name of the place. That sounds like it. Boonville. Boonville. (laughs) It didn't take long for bad things to start happening to Harvey. At six months, his father fell asleep while holding him and dropped him. Now, while there isn't any evidence that he was seriously injured, dropping any six-month-old with a soft spot on their head is not recommended. Although my mom did trip on her robe while carrying me down the stairs when I was a baby and I fell to the landing, and I'm only mildly mentally disturbed. Just a bit. Not so much you... A touch. I have a touch. Not so much you'd notice. Yeah. I I see it. But But I notice, because we're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) But at five years old, he had another fall. He fell off the running board of a truck, hitting his head and splitting open a 10-centimeter gash on the back of his scalp. And for those of you that don't do centimeters, 10 centimeters is how wide the cervix has to be when a woman is in labor in order to push the baby out of the uterus and into the free world, which is about five inches. 10 centimeters is five inches? Approximately. I think one inch is like 2.54 centimeters. Wow. Compare that to the size of a five-year-old's head, and we're talking a major laceration. Yeah. Now, I've got to back up here a year because at the age of four, Harvey's Uncle Wayne, who was his mother's half-brother, 
began sexually abusing him when he would go to his grandmother's house. And this continued for 16 years until the age of 20. And that's not all. At the age of five, an older neighbor by the name of Dan Thomas began sexually abusing him as well. And that lasted until the age of 20 as well. So he was getting molested by two different people from, like, beginning of elementary school to 20 years old. But Harvey would later say that he did like that Dan would give him money. Oh, well, I guess there's a fucking silver lining. Harvey was considered a good student growing up, described by former classmates as a loner and a teacher's teacher's pet, preferring reading to extracurricular activities. He earned mostly A's and B's without having to put out much effort, but school became boring to him once he reached high school and he dropped out. But he did obtain his GED at the age of 16. He wanted to speed speed up his process so he could be graduated and be done. And that's what he chose to do. He also had his first consensual sexual encounter at the age of 16. Harvey was gay, which I assume was not an easy thing in the late 60s. And he began an occasional relationship with a man named James Peluso when he was 17, which was on and off for about 15 years. So now we're up to 1970 when Harvey was 18, which is when things took a turn from bad to worse. So during this time when he is seeing this guy on and off again, he's still being diddled by his uncle and his neighbor. Correct. Okay, just making sure. But at least this one was consensual. Now these, uh, but we'll come back to that here in a little bit. I'm sure we will. <laughs> so Harvey had moved to Cincinnati, Ohio and was working for a local factory. Work slowed down and he was laid off. And his mother called him a few days later and asked him to visit his ailing grandfather who was in the Marymount Hospital in London, Kentucky. With nothing holding him to Cincinnati, Harvey packed up and relocated to London, spending a lot of time at the hospital with his grandfather. He soon became well-known and liked by the nuns that worked there, and one asked him if he'd like to take a position as an orderly. Now, an orderly is kind of like an outdated term for a nursing assistant, but orderlies could do a whole hell of a lot more back in the day. Outside of bathing and toileting patients, they could also do a large number of medical treatments, such as dispensing medications, wound care, inserting catheters, things that you have to be certified and or licensed to do today. Mm. Yeah, they were allowed to do a lot more shit because today our CNAs can strictly clean them, toilet them, get them ice in a blanket, and that's about it. They're not allowed to do any kind of treatments or anything well, like that. It's good that nowadays they're more they're more discreet, or discreet, more professional, and everything. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't too long before this, before he came along, that they were like, "Ah, your blood's sick. Here's leeches and cocaine." I mean, yeah. so. <laughs> So Harvey accepted and started work the very next day, May 11th, 1970. This was a major turning point in his life as he would begin murdering just weeks later on May 30th. And there's a lot of deaths to cover here, so buckle up. Let it fucking rip. All right. Harvey went into the room of 88-year-old Logan Evans, a stroke patient. And killed him. Next! That'd be pretty boring if I just said, yeah, he went into this person's room and killed him. We're doing a speed round. (laughs) And after that was another person. And next. That's pretty much what it is, because 
basically the rest of the episode is he killed this person and this person and this person. Well, you say he killed a lot. You say kill this person, kill this person, kill. I say clean the hospital. <laughs> he emptied those beds. He did. He made room. Yeah. Fucking best western. So yeah, he went into this Logan Evans room. Evans was a stroke patient, and he smeared feces on Harvey. Well, you want to piss somebody off, smear shit on them. Which is probably a behavior that related to either the brain damage from the stroke or possibly from dementia. I don't think that someone that's 88 years old is right in the head enough to go, I'm going to smear shit on them. I mean, I think something was physically wrong with him that caused him to do that. Still shit is shit. True. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't help anything. Harvey felt that way too. He snapped. <laughs> Smothering the elderly man with a sheet of plastic and a pillow. The last thing that old man heard was, Motherfucker! <laughs> you son of a bitch. Was that shit? That was shit. That smells like... that shit. <laughs> In a 1997 interview, Harvey stated, quote, The next thing I knew, I'd smothered him. It was like the last straw. I just lost it. I went in to help the man and he wants to rub that in my face. End quote. Harvey listened with a stethoscope to make sure the elderly man was dead, then cleaned him up, put a new hospital gown on him, washed himself up, and just nonchalantly walked out to the nurse on duty and told her that Mr. Evans appeared to be dead. <laughs> hey, dead guy, room 208. And fr fries are up. <laughs> there was no sign of foul play, and the man was 88 and had had a stroke, so no one questioned natural causes. One thing I would probably like to mention is, is, is my voice fading? Is My voice is fading out, isn't it? It's fading. And now I'm fading in. What what What's this all about? Hello. Oh, hi. All right. The next death happened the following evening. He was putting a catheter in 69-year-old James Tyree, but used the wrong size. Already starting off to be a bad day. Choosing a larger catheter. And I've seen some big-ass catheters. I don't want to know. Usually on women. You know, Our peels are a little bit bigger. I saw them put one in you mm -hmm. when you gave birth to our first kid. And it looked like, because, you know, it's all one color. It's not swizzle sticked or nothing like that to show anything. <laughs> would they know? swizzle stick it? It's called, it's called having, it's called having fun. <laughs> Fucking live a little. God. I don't think medicine's about having fun. Well, it's about they, keeping you alive. Well, then they don't know how to live. <laughs> anyway. So I was looking at it and it was like, it's. It didn't look like anything was moving. You know how, like, it, how do I put it? Like, how a magician shows, like, oh, something's coming out of my nose. But they had it stuffed in their hand. Mm -hmm. and they were pulling it. It was like that, but in reverse. It was like, like, like nothing was happening. Oh, but, yeah. They push away. Really? She was jackhammering a fucking <laughs> straw up your When you hit gold, you're supposed to go another two inches. So. Oh, fuck hyphen that. Yeah. He was doing this to a male with a larger catheter than needed to be used. So. Of course, Tyree began screaming at him, telling him to take it out. Harvey freaked out and decided to hold him down. He controlled him with the heel of his hand. I'm assuming he probably put it on his face and kind of pushed to kind of like shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> we call that the simmer down move. Yeah. Simmer down, you. Yeah. Well, Tyree began to vomit blood and eventually died, though it's not real clear from the research why he began vomiting blood. Or if it was actually choking on the vomit or the blood loss that killed him. I'm not sure exactly what caused him to vomit blood. I would think something else would have to be going on if he was vomiting blood. Either way, it's a, it's a hard Tuesday. But 
Basically, he choked on his bodily fluids. And this one may not have been intentional. Harvey may have just been trying to shut him up, and it happened. But, uh, well. but uh, he was dead. Tyree was dead. A few weeks later, on June 22nd, Aha! Hey! That's our anniversary when we started dating. Yep. 42-year-old Elizabeth Wyatt was killed. I knew and, it the day I asked you out. Yep. It's like somebody's died on this day. This is well before we were born. <laughs> Still. I felt it. You felt that coldness. Yeah. yeah. I know her. Something's dark about her. She's brooding. She's evil. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Elizabeth White was killed in what Harvey would later claim was a quote-unquote mercy killing. Aw. She had told Harvey that she wished she could die and she had been praying for death. I'm not sure exactly what her medical condition was, but she was on oxygen. So he turned her concentrator very low, reducing her oxygen level and causing a very slow suffocation. She was found dead four hours later, which boggles my mind. Why is she going four hours with nobody laying eyes on her? I don't know. It was back then, man. You're supposed to lay eyes on somebody at least, at the very least, every hour. Well, now it's like, you know, why they put the don't bathe while you dry your hair. Somebody had to drop it in the tub. Very true. This is probably why they're like, you know what? Check on him a little yeah. more. Four hours later, she was probably starting to get a little stiff. <laughs> On July 10th, 43-year-old Eugene McQueen. Eugene McQueen just rolls I up like that. Well, he was killed when Harvey rolled him onto his stomach and he drowned in his own bodily fluids. I don't like that. I'm assuming that the man may have had a feeding tube or was vomiting for some reason and either the vomit or the feeding is what he actually drowned on. It's not very specific in the research I found. But he knew he was not supposed to roll him over and he did that anyway. So I'm betting he probably had a feeding tube. Yeah, probably. Harvey told the nurse on duty that McQueen, quote unquote, didn't look good. But she told him to proceed with washing the patient rather than going to check on him herself. Because she's a lazy bitch. I don't know who you are, but you're a lazy bitch. Lazy bitch. Yep. They tell you they don't look good. Go lay eyes on them yourself because that's the only way to guarantee. Uh, yeah. Uh, the patient room 212 doesn't look good. It's a fucking hospital, bro. They, yeah. None of them do. That means they look dead. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey went ahead and finished bathing McQueen so that he wouldn't draw suspicion on himself. The hospital proceeded to cover this death up, probably because the nurse didn't do her fucking job and go check on the patient. But uh, the staff at Marymount teased Harvey for bathing a man that was dead the entire time that he worked there. Ha ha. He fucking washed a dead man. Ha ha. <laughs> Just two days later was another death that Harvey later claimed was accidental. He hooked 82-year-old Harvey Williams up to a faulty oxygen tank. Williams ended up going into cardiac arrest and died. On okay, July... well, if this isn't... That yeah, sounds I mean, so I can far. That. So far, that sounds like an accident. But now he knows which tank is faulty. Oh. <laughs> so now he carries it around like no country for old men. He just carries the tank around. And they're like, what are you doing with that tank? And he's like, mind your business. Popping locks. Popping locks. Popping lock. Where's that, a chicken? Look at you go. I'm popping and locking. Oh, you guys can't shit. see it. But oh. She is, she is doing it. It's happening. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm. Um, it's. <laughs> you, you, I can't even. You pop it, you lock it. <laughs> okay. Dance party. Like that? Yes. We're good. All right. All right. 
carrying on. This is, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> on July 24th, Harvey was caring for an 81-year-old man named Ben Gilbert. Gilbert, thinking Harvey was a burglar, hit Harvey over the head with a urinal, knocking him unconscious and pouring urine all over him. What is it with bodily fluids and shit? And shit? <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm assuming back then, because this is early 70s, they probably had like metal urinals. Yeah. He was able to really clock him. I'm assuming he probably had dementia or something. What's funny is like, I'm sure me and every listener right now can hear that. Dunk, boom. <laughs> yeah, he knocked him unconscious. So that 81-year-old man had some strength behind that blow. Something tells me that 81-year-old man ain't going to be around much longer. Yeah, when Harvey woke up, he wanted revenge. He catheterized Gilbert with a larger 20 French catheter, straightened out a wire hanger, and shoved the wire up through the catheter about two feet, puncturing his bladder and bowel. Gilbert almost immediately went into shock and fell unconscious. That would fucking hurt so bad. Oh my god. As a female, knowing when things get shoved up in there, like how it feels, and having kidney stones, and oh god. I would probably go into shock immediately too. Harvey ended up disposing of the wire... He removed the larger catheter and replaced it with an 18 French, which is a smaller catheter, which Gilbert was supposed to have. But yeah, he decided to dispose of the evidence. He deliberately put a larger one in just to make sure he could get that wire up there. It's fucked up. Yeah. Well, Gilbert remained comatose for four days before succumbing to his internal injuries. And what internal injuries they were. Yeah, he was probably septic. Uh, He shished his bob. He shishkid his bob. Huh? Stuck a wire in his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did, Billy. Yes, he did. Trying to make something out of that. Nope. He shishkabobbed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Around this time, Harvey began a relationship with a man named Vernon Midden, an undertaker that was married with children. He had a side man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vernon taught Donald about bodily responses to actions done to it, such as what happens when someone is smothered. So basically, Harvey learned tips on how to commit future murders without drawing suspicion. Vernon also introduced him to the occult, but wouldn't let him take part in actual rituals because Harvey wasn't a member of the occult group that he himself was in. Man, you know, he's really not helping the Undertaker-like stereotype. Mm Mm-hmm. I've often thought about going back to school to be a mortician. Uh. Those dead people can't talk back to you. They can't be assholes. Yeah, well, I mean, still though, with this with with this Undertaker, though, it's like yeah, it doesn't mean I'm into the occult. This is where the cooler is. This is where you know I uh, drain the sacrifice a goat and, and replace them. And this is a picture <laughs> of me and my coven. <laughs> and what rhymes with coven? Oven for cremation. We go down the hall and to the left. We call him Smokey. It's kind of a, we like to have fun. <laughs> On August 15th, a woman named Maud Nichols had been sent to the hospital with bed sores that were so rotted that they had maggots in them. Damn. These sores, of course, smelled horribly, so no one enjoyed providing her care. I've actually once had a patient that had breast cancer. And when the family discovered that she had breast cancer, it was because they found maggots in her bathroom 
that had been sitting on her breast. Oh. And we had to do a treatment to her, what was left of her breast, every day. And it would seep blood and fluids. And it was the most disgusting wound I've ever had to treat. Can we move on? We can. Thank you. Let's do that. (laughs) Well, Harvey felt this reason was enough to kill her because she smelled bad. So he deliberately hooked her up to a faulty oxygen tank. The same thing he had done on accident to Harvey Williams before. Except this time, it was intentional. He was like, I know that tank. I'm going to use it. Yeah. They call him Shakur. Anton Shakur. Anton Shakur. Anton Shakur. <laughs> old Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Oh, sorry. No Country for Old Men. Great movie. I wouldn't know. Never watched it all the way through. So good. It's kind of boring. You're boring. You're boring. I have to live with you. Ugh. God damn. This podcast is over. That fixes everything. No, we're good. We're back. We're good. Uh, holding hands. Oprah hug. Oprah hug. Ooh. Yeah. That's when you interlock fingers and just grip each other. And go, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, that's an Oprah hug. You get a hug and you get a hug. Everybody gets a hug. Except you, you don't get a hug. Except Aww. you, Steve. so yeah he hooked her up to this faulty oxygen tank oh my god sorry what's oh my god my little sister sent a picture of our nephew who was born he's like he's a little over a month old now Mm -hmm. he's got a tuxedo shirt on oh we need to go see him he's a cutie okay (laughs) game on game on so yeah he did the same thing to her that he had done to harvey williams before except this time it was on purpose. He committed a similar murder on August 30th, hooking 58-year-old William Bowling up to an oxygen tank that worked, but deliberately didn't turn it on. Bowling had a massive heart attack because, well, you need oxygen to survive and the heart wasn't getting it. So heart was like, fuck this. Tapping out. Yep. Heart failure. That's my medical description of it. He was like, Fuck no. Heart failure is like the number one killer of life. It is. Followed by tuberculosis. It's sweeping the nation. Dong. Dong. That's where the dong sound comes in. Oh. Were you going to do that post-production or were just the, mm-hmm. the, or was that it? Yeah, you guys heard it just now. Oh. That was the dong. That was good. Mm-hmm. So after this, Harvey took a little break, as far as we know, until November. 63-year-old Viola Reed Wyan was suffering from leukemia, and Harvey thought she smelled bad. Again. He attempted to smother her using the plastic and pillow technique on November 4th, but someone came into the room and he had to stop. He ended up going with his tried-and-true faulty oxygen tank again to commit this murder. I mean, if it keeps working. Then, on December 7th, 1970... He gave 91-year-old Margaret Harrison an overdose of Demerol, morphine, and codeine that was supposed to be given to another patient. And I want to know what the hell that other patient was sick with, because that's a ton of narcotics to be taking at once. Anyone with those many orders for narcotics, what what the fuck is wrong with them? Mm -hmm. Something's bad. He stayed near her after administering the meds, watching to make sure her pulse stopped and that she quit breathing. That brings us to the end of 1970. 
Happy, happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Harvey managed to kill, whether intentional or not, a confirmed 10 patients in just over five months, all while he was only 18 years old. And also in 1970, he was raped by a roommate named Randy White. So what an eventful year. Man. Yeah. On that note, let's take a little ad break before we get into many, 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 many more murders. And we're back. Hi. Hi. We made it. I ran to the store. No, you didn't. I did not. You sat here <coughs> two seconds <coughs> while we pretended there was an ad. I went to the store. We had an ad. All right, so we're ready to tackle 1971. In January, Harvey's relationship with Vernon started to crumble. He fell into a depression and would fantasize about embalming Vernon while he was still alive. That would be fucked up. Yeah. I don't even know what that would do to a person. I would think you would go unconscious from blood loss as it's pushing the blood out of you and pumping in the embalming fluid, but I don't know. I don't want to know. I wonder if anyone's ever done that. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. This emotional time may be related to why there were so many deaths in January of 1971. On the 9th, Sam Carroll, an 80-year-old hospitalized patient with pneumonia and an intestinal blockage, was given a quote-unquote mercy kill by the trusted faulty oxygen tank. Wait, was given a what? Quote-unquote mercy kill. Oh. Then six days later, he didn't waste much time. Six days later, Harvey killed a woman named Maggie Rollins by smothering her with the plastic and pillow method. And I guess he did this, of course, because the plastic is going to suffocate you quicker than the pillow would. Yeah. And also it's not going to allow fibers from the pillow to get into your mouth and nose. Is that how they catch you? Could be. I mean, he was pretty smart about it. He did this for 17 years before he got caught. Damn. Yeah, so he smothered her with the plastic and pillow method, and she had only been hospitalized for a burn on her arm. There was really no reason for her to die. There's no reason for any of them to die. But, I mean, medically, looking at it, yeah. I don't know why they didn't go, hey, why did she die? Her arm was burnt. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But they never did anything about it. On the 23rd was 62-year-old Silas Butner, who was having kidney issues. Harvey tried to smother him multiple times, but kept getting interrupted. So, faulty oxygen tank it is! <laughs> there was an autopsy done on Butner, but the ME couldn't determine a manner or cause of death. Just three days later was another quote-unquote mercy killing. Oh, You know, I wonder if one of the nurses, you know, is like... Harvey, why are you always carrying that around? And why does it say old slugger on there? Like, what was that? What's that for? They actually noticed that more people tended to die when he was on the unit and referred to him as the angel of death, but never made the connection that he was doing it on purpose. Yeah. One of the other people were like, you should probably stop that. That's really mean. But he's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I don't know what my next tattoo is going to be. It's going to be a puppy, but I like that name. Is the puppy dead? I mean, think Pop of dead puppies. <laughs> think of dead puppies. That's an inside joke that never gets old. Yeah. 
Go ahead and tell them then. Okay, so my, my mom <laughs> was we were talking about a scene in a movie where a woman rapes a guy. Thursday? Thursday. Awesome movie. Yeah, he's tied Great up. Movie. He's tied up and then she says, I'm bored, let's fuck. And he's like, no. And then like she goes, she like he's like, there's no fuck. He's like, there's no fucking way you'll get me aside of you or something like that. And she was like, you want to bet? And she went down on him and he's really trying not to, but what are you going to do? And then she hopped on top of it and started having And we were talking about it. it, it my mom was like, why didn't you just think of dead puppies? Like that just came out. It's just so natural. <laughs> Like, that's what her go-to. And it really stopped the entire conversation. I think Erica had to leave the room. She was laughing so hard. And I was like, what the hell? She, I, this is back when we were dating. And she, like, defended it, too. She was like, that's what I would do. Think of dead puppies. Unless dead puppies make you horny, then don't think of dead puppies. Think of dead kittens or something. Yeah. I don't know. So anytime we need to get our mind off of something, we're like, think of dead puppies. <laughs> There's an inside joke for all you guys who want to know more about us. Yeah, we don't say that shit when we're eating dinner at Arby's. <laughs> That's we say that courtesy here. of Billy's mom. That's Thank- where he gets his fucked up sense of humor. Thanks, mom. <laughs> you know what my mom's favorite joke is? Why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because it was dead. Why did the chicken fall out of the tree? Because it was stapled to the monkey. <laughs> she will give herself an asthma attack laughing yes, at that fucking asthma, joke. she has asthma and she will have a serious asthma if, attack. If you meet my mother within five minutes, she will drop that joke on you. <laughs> oh, your mom is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Donna. I love you. You know my joke I totally gave her an asthma attack? Which one? I said, hey, mom, why did Lisa fall off the swing set? And she said, why? I said... She didn't have any arms. And she busted out laughing. <laughs> and I was like, hey, mom, knock, knock. And she said, who's there? I said, not Lisa. <laughs> now. I forgot about that. Mom's trying to get her inhaler. <laughs> I'm getting yelled at by my sister. Like, Billy, stop. <laughs> mom's like laughing. She's like, I can't breathe. I forgot about that. So now I could trigger one. I could be like, hey, mom, why Lisa fall off the swing? And she's like, stop. You just got to say Lisa. And that's it. <laughs> And it reminds me of a joke that, that Phaser likes, mm-hmm. is, why Lisa fall off the swing set? She got hit in the face with a brick. It's <laughs> a good reason. Why Lisa throw the clock out the window? Brain damage from the brick. <laughs> he loves that joke. <laughs> We're giving our kids just the right amount of corruption. This is a great family. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Needless to say, Thanksgiving's fun. <laughs> We always want to talk about poop, and then your dad leaves the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's, so It's not Thanksgiving until we talk about poop, and dad calls us a motherfucker under his breath. <laughs> and takes his plate somewhere else. Flings his plate over on the counter. Motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. We do it every year. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so. Oh, I can't catch myself. All right, so. This other mercy killing was 68-year-old John Combs, who had a bad heart and respiratory problem. I bet it was a good heart. Mm. Like, gave to charity. It was bad enough that the doctors didn't question it. Well, I mean, like, he gave to charity and... Maybe. Hugged his grandkids. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He had a bad heart of gold, tell you what. (laughs) Well, Harvey tried unsuccessfully to suffocate him with a plastic bag, eventually returning to the bum oxygen tank. He cooled off in February, but picked back up with one more murder in March, the last for a long while. 
On the 14th, Harvey used morphine that he had stolen from the medication cabinet at the nurse's station to inject 90-year-old Milton Bryant Sasser, overdosing him. Harvey tried to dispose of the needle by flushing it down the toilet, but it ended up clogging it. The needle was found by the maintenance man, but no one made the connection between the syringe and Sasser's death. The anxiety of almost being caught may have been too much for Harvey because he worked his last day at Marymount Hospital on March 27th, just two weeks later. Doesn't that kind of draw so more suspicion? In, he probably put in his two weeks like that night. Like, I gotta go. <laughs> this isn't cool. Remember what he said in America's Psychos? Like, I need to return videotapes. Yeah. <laughs> in June, he attempted suicide by setting fire in the bathroom of an empty apartment in the building he was living in. He thought he would die from asphyxiation due to the smoke, but as you probably could already guess, he wasn't successful. He was instead arrested and had to pay a $50 fine. 50 bucks? Ain't much considering the damage you would do to an apartment if you set it on fucking fire. The damage you'd do to just the toilet is over $50. Yeah. Also that year, he had a drunken sexual encounter with a female named Ruth Ann Hodges. He doesn't remember exactly what happened, only that they were naked together. Hmm. Nine months later, she had a bouncing baby boy and said Donald was the father. So this gay man is the father to your child. Because <laughs> he doesn't remember what happened. Yeah. <laughs> he was also arrested on suspicion of burglary at his apartment building in 71. He drunkenly tried to confess to police to killing 15 people at the Marymount Hospital, but no one believed him. Well, he tried. It was just the rantings of a drunken man. Yeah. Well, sleep it off. Yeah, he really killed all these people. Whatever. Stop writing it down, rookie. It's a waste of paper. (laughs) Yeah, even though you probably should have investigated it, because you should do that with any confession. Yeah. Whether you think it's true or not, just to be safe. Just saying. Good job. Harvey enlisted in the Air Force in June, but also tried to kill himself again using NyQuil. We call that a NyQuilada. NyQuilada? Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to... It's like a pina colada, but with NyQuil. And also, it's a lot of NyQuil. A lot of NyQuil. I get it. NyQuilada. Nice. Yep. I've never tried it. Thanks for not trying it. Yay. (laughs) In March of 1970... Go ahead. Okay. I was probably so real. Sorry. In March of 1972, Harvey was honorably discharged from the Air Force for what was classified as medical reasons. The Air Force had found out about his suicide. (laughs) That's the best one yet. All of your little mishaps you had when you talked. That's staying in. That was a good one. His suicide. He was honorably discharged from the Air Force for what was classified as medical reasons. The Air Force had found out about his suicide attempts and arrests. They sent him to therapy, but ultimately decided to cut him loose. He then tried to commit suicide again. Let me pronounce this. By taking pterodactyl. (laughs) Pterodactyl. Yep, that's it. Have you seen, uh, this is off topic. But I haven't seen a pterodactyl. The, I know you have. have. Have you seen the world's worst alphabet book at Walmart? Uh-uh. It's called P is for pterodactyl and I want to buy it. 
It's called. Is it for adults or kids? It's like for kids. It looks like it's made for kids. It's in the kids section, and it's called the worst alphabet book. And it's, it is it, P is for pterodactyl. And I was like, that's all the silent letters. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> we know you've seen a pterodactyl when you lived in Ohio. They live there. All of you Ohio folk, let us know Hunter, if you've seen a. They're there. Yes. Let me know if you've seen a pterodactyl. I want to know, Hunter. Fucking duck, dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they decided to cut him loose because they were like, this guy's a little bit crazy. We don't need him. So, yeah, he then tried to commit suicide again by taking pterodactyl, <laughs> as Billy said, or Placidil, as what the research says. Bless you. And Equinil, which are both depressants. One is for sleep and the other is for anxiety. He had his stomach pumped at the hospital and was transferred to the VA hospital because, you know, he was a veteran after all, even though he only served like 10 months or something. Hey, a discharge is a discharge, I believe, you know, once it's done. His parents told him he wasn't welcome in their house anymore. Nice thing we're, to say to a person who tried to kill himself. We're tired of your shit. You ain't coming home. I don't know of him ever trying to come home before that, but they were like, fuck you. I don't like Kid. that. I don't like that because it's like, you know, this is probably where you need your parents the most is because mm-hmm. you tried to kill yourself. Yeah, you'd think. But evidently they had a history of some type of abuse with each other. I don't know if it was physical or just verbal. But they didn't have the greatest marriage is what I've read. He stayed in the mental ward until August 25th, but was right back committing himself again a few weeks later. After another failed suicide attempt at the hospital... He was restrained and received 21 electroshock therapy treatments. Now, I know nowadays that's not considered like a mainstream treatment, but I have had one patient who would go out every couple months and have electroshock therapy. They still do and that? He, yes. He Jeez. needed it. He had what's called intermittent explosive disorder. And you could tell a huge difference. After he had one of his treatments, he wasn't argumentative. He wasn't fighting with you about stuff all the time. He was more cooperative with taking his medicine and his treatments. And I know we don't want to just dumb somebody down to just being a mindless, oh, I'm going to go with what you say. But if he hadn't had those treatments, he's somebody that probably could have been very violent. So, man. As horrible as electroshock sounds, there are a few people out there that probably actually need it, and it does help. But anyway, I digress. He was released in October despite his family voicing their concerns that he was no better off mentally upon release than when he had gone in. Harvey started trying to get his life in order and ended up getting a job at Cardinal Hill Convalescent Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky that year. He worked there for over two years and is not thought to have committed any murders while he was actually there employed. He had a few relationships over the next few years, and by age 23, he was working at the VA hospital in Lexington as a nursing assistant. In the fall of 1975, at the VA hospital, Harvey was around for some questionable deaths. He reduced the oxygen flow of patient Joseph Harris which possibly led to his death, but this one he was never actually indicted for. Patients James Twitty, James Ritter, Harry Rhodes, and Sterling Moore all died on Harvey's ward as well. He believed he had something to do with their deaths, 
but couldn't recall any specifics, so he was never actually charged for them. Yeah. Guess and you gotta then, be 100% yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But then things got weird in June of 1977. It was a weird year. Yeah, it was. Harvey wanted to join an occult group, but the initiation was only open to heterosexual couples. So he was paired with a woman called Jan, which isn't her real name, and the initiation involved swinging with other couples already involved in the group. You know, when I was a teenager, I thought swinging involved the swing. You know, <laughs> like the, sex, sex the sex swing? I was like, I was like that sounds fun. Sounds like a fun Saturday night. And I found out what swinging was. And I was like, oh, never mind. And then we've never owned a swing. Nope. It could be the time of our lives and we would never know. No. No. So, yeah, this swinging interaction led to the conception of a second child. I just have this feeling the, the hooks will give and then you'll fall to the ground and get the wind knocked out of you. And My back will catch like it has before. <laughs> you'll I won't need, be able to move. You'll need help getting up. Go we'll to the to... ER and they'll be like, what happened? And I'm like, sex swing. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your husband still naked? <laughs> so I like to party. You telling me you don't swing? It's fun time. <laughs> I'm a swinger. So yeah, at this point he had two children, which sometimes in later interviews he would claim he had two children. And then other times he would claim he didn't know anything about children. But according to the research, they're claiming he had two children at this point. For a gay man in the 70s. Yeah. In 1980, the year I was born, Woo! Harvey began dating a man named Doug Hill. They were an unstable couple that argued all the time. After one bad argument, Harvey retaliated by slipping arsenic into some ice cream that Doug was eating. That's how you fucking retaliate. Mm-hmm. That's the way to get it done. Yeah. Well, Doug survived, but the relationship didn't. And this was... <laughs> Arsenic tends to be the one thing. That's a, yeah. that, that's a, that's a real big cause. And of... like, uh, thinking about you makes my stomach curdle. Yeah. yeah. That's the arsenic. That's the what? <laughs> Nothing. Get out. Are you saying we're done? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, Doug survived... And uh, this was the first time Harvey attempted to harm someone that wasn't a patient where he worked. But by August of 1980, he was already in another relationship with a man named Carl Howler. The two ended up quickly moving in together. Harvey soon discovered that Carl hadn't stayed in the house. Carl. God damn it, Carl. God damn it, Carl. Stay in the house. Fucking problem, Carl. That's your Walking Dead shout out there. (laughs) He hadn't stayed in the house. He had been going to a local park on Mondays and, quote-unquote, playing around with other men. Harvey started slipping small doses of arsenic into Carl's food on Sundays so that he would be too sick to go to the park on Mondays. Wow. Mm-hmm. Harvey then became distrustful of Carl's, quote-unquote, fag hag, Diane, which End is quote. what he called her. That's what he called her. Yes. Not us. He thought she was trying to break the two up, so his way to fix the situation was to lace her drink with some hepatitis B serum. That's a thing? It is. Why would that be a thing? He had stolen it from the hospital. No, why is it produced? 
I don't think it's produced. Let's I think treat him with hepatitis B. It was probably a blood sample of somebody that had hepatitis oh. B. Well, okay. she almost died before doctors could diagnose and treat her. And he didn't just steal hepatitis from the hospital. He took arsenic, cyanide, and even AIDS-infected blood. And interesting fact that I wasn't aware of until I researched this, the first documented case of HIV in a human was in a Congolese man in 1959. Wow. I had no clue. It's been around. It's been around a minute. I thought 80s was like when we first discovered it. Nope. 1959. So wait, this guy in 1959, that's patient zero? Mm-hmm. Okay. Neat. History. Yay. Yay. Harvey also tried to infect Diane with AIDS, but was unsuccessful. It'd be kind of hard when when the blood's dead. Mm-hmm. You know. But come 1983, the deaths pick back up again. And that's where we'll pick back up on the next episode in part two of Donald Harvey. You, Sorry, guys. You a dick, Donald. Had to break this one up, not just because of the sheer number of murders, but the varying M.O.s of each. I couldn't just say a blanket sentence of he killed A, B, and C by suffocating or by every overdosing vi- or by victim, poisoning. They deserve their own time. Yeah, because he did all of that and more. So I wanted to make sure we covered as many as possible because his varying MOs and length of time that he murdered for are so unique to serial killers. Next episode is chock full of madness too, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Yay! So thanks for listening, guys. We hoped you liked the episode. You know where to find us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre. And we also have a fan page on Facebook called Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre. You can also follow us on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. Feel free to post whatever you like from funny to morbid and please share. That is the easiest and totally free way to help us out just by spreading the word. Just share any posts or tweets that you see. If you want to go a step further then please get on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can leave a rating or review, and we hope it will be a positive one. And don't forget, if you send us a snapshot of your review, we will send you a sticker. And if you've already left a review but haven't sent us a pic yet, you can still do that and get the free sticker, even if the review is old. And if you want to go balls to the wall and financially support the show... You can make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing. We owe a sticker, actually, to somebody. Yeah, look that up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can do that via our PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage on our website, martinisandthemacabre.com, or you can set up a pledge for monthly donations through Patreon page at patreon.com slash martinisandthemacabre. Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show, And for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. Every dollar is hugely appreciated. Seriously, every dollar, no matter what you give, is appreciated. We love you. And thank you to all past patrons and especially our current patrons. Kirsten, our baller yo. Bender, Bonnie, Bridget, Caroline, Chelsea, Christina, Cooper, Corey, Donald, Dylan, Belfast, Grace, Harlene, Heather. Welcome back, girl. Jennifer, Kate, Christy, Kristen, Lady Danger, Marie Maxime, Molly, Monica, Sue, Vanessa, and Veronica. You awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love. Mm -hmm. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com or you can use the contact page on the website 
We're also open to any research you want to provide us to on a topic. Just throwing it out there. Also on the website, you can find a bio about us, a complete episode catalog that you can binge, and all of the music created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode, which I have been listening to for the past few days at work. It's been making my day go quicker because it's awesome. I forgot how much good stuff he has on his oh, older yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I love his newer stuff, but some of his older stuff, I'm like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Woo-hoo. And keep listening because there will be a new one at the end of this episode. And that about wraps it up. Once again, thanks so much for listening. James Francis Ryan. (laughs) Once again, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, snuggle bunnies. I love you. And we'll see you in two weeks. Kisses. Kobe.
He shished his bob. He shishkid his bob. Huh? Stuck a wire in his dick. <laughs>